Hello everyone. What's the tea? I am Joshua Gilliard, the creator, founder, um, and I guess queen of Queen of the Ratchet. Yes, I'm a guy, but you know, whatever. You can call me she, he, they, whatever fits you. I love being called queen too. Um, I thought I'd get on here and just like talk to you guys for a little bit shoot the shit with you um because i normally don't do that but i'm trying to put my face on the brand a little bit more um and i really just want to say thank you for following this brand and just showing your love and following the different storylines and I, I don't like, I never thought that Queen of the Ratchet would be such a staple or have such a cult following. And I really want to thank you guys that support me. Um, it means the world to me. Um, I actually um, created this brand at, like a joke. Like I was joking around kind of when I created it. It was created when... Um, when Vine, I don't know if you guys remember Vine. This was before TikTok, and it's kind of showing my age a little bit, but it was before um, TikTok. Um, there was this app called Vine. And I would get on it, and I was like, this is going to be the biggest thing. It's going to take off. It's going to make people's careers and all that. Mind you, it did. A lot of people were like, you're a fool. This is a stupid app. The same way a lot of people were kind of like, not getting into TikTok, but TikTok is making a lot of people a lot of money. Um, so I got on Vine and I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I was like making videos, but I was like, I don't know, like I don't know what to do like with my brand on here. And so you know, I've always been like a writer and an actor and always wanted to like do stories. I've ha I have several shows that I've written in the past. And I think what made me create Queen of the Ratchet was Ratchet content was always really popular and it still is very popular on social media. And I saw a lot of people like making quote unquote ratchet content and I was like it would be funny if I called myself the queen of the ratchet so I based um my first video which was like me ranting in the camera and it was basically how like Nicki Minaj calls herself the queen of rap so I was like doing it as a joke. I was like, yeah, I'm queen of the ratchet. You motherfuckers can't touch me. I'm the queen, blah, 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 blah. So fast forward, it became like a theme that I wasn't really like taking off, but I kind of enjoyed doing it. And so I was looking at Disney one day, I don't know, on YouTube or something. And I was like, well, it would be fun to add this to the brand. And mind you, I did, I had followers. I had things that would like, hit on vine but i was never like really popular like I, I was like a needle in a haystack it's like when you found me you found me and you stayed and like you stayed for a while so i remember my first 
ever because a lot of you guys know the voiceovers, the um, Queen of the Ratchet voiceovers that I do. And um, <laughs> my first one was um, Disney's The Bad Girls Club. And it was basically uh, Lady Tremaine. And I was like, you know, like I was looking at um, Cinderella and I was like, it looks like she wants to tell her, Tremaine looks like she wants to tell her to shut the fuck up. And so I looked at the video, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if like these Disney characters actually talked not so G-rated? And so I looked at the video again and I was like, shut the fuck up. And I just started ranting and I was like, having so much fun with it and thought it was the funniest thing. I said, oh my God, this is going to hit. This is going to take off. This is going to be great. So I put the video out there and it like people found it funny, but it really didn't do anything. So I was like, whatever, I'm enjoying this. So then a lot of you who really like are like my biggest, probably my biggest character is Cruella. So I did this video of Cruella and I was looking at it and I was like, it's a scene where she's like talking to Anita and Roger. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if she was like telling Anita that her man is gay and like they've been living this secret lie and everything. So I just started ranting again and improving and came up with that and put it out there and it was still like called the Disney's Bad Girls Club. It was like Wit Queen of the Ratchet, but really it was called the Disney's Bad Girls Club. So I put that video out there. Didn't really hit. Didn't really do that well. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess this isn't really taking off. Like, I thought this would be a great idea because nobody else is doing anything like this. Mind you, at the time, like, I was doing Vine, but I was creating other shows. Like, a lot other shows that I've done, like, I've done Oddly Odin, which was like a black version of a black HBO version of um modern family meets blackish but it's a little bit more cable friendly and I was pitching that idea and then I started doing Gunkle which is like this show about me and my niece and nephew and it was like really g-rated so Queen of the Ratchet was this thing where I could just like be myself fully cussing doing whatever, saying whatever, filter off. And there was no restrictions and it was just me. So then like Christmas came around during the time of Vine and I was listening to this 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 uh, Christmas song, um, Carol of the Bells. And so I'm listening to it and I'm like, wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if I put out this parody of ratchet Christmas music, which they've done before, but I was like, I've never done it. And I've never really written. And I was like humming a tune. I was like, girl, that's a bell. Yes, you can tell. You're wondering if he's cheating. So I put the video out there, created a Queen of the Ratchet page, put the video out there, went viral. And I had never really filmed it before. Like, like I wasn't really like, I was a filmmaker, but I always had someone shooting for me. So that was the first time I put the video out there and it did so extremely well, but I didn't know what to do with the success, you know what I mean, of the viral video. Because this was a time where viral was happening, but it wasn't like really happening. It was happening, but I was like still like 
not in the mindset of like, I can make this into a career. I can make all money off this. I was just really just having fun. It was a joke. So the next year, and I, next year around Christmas came around, mind you, a whole year went by and I didn't even touch the voiceovers because I was like, they don't like this idea. And I think I did like one or two more, like I did an Alice in Wonderland one. And I think I did a um, Maleficent one. No, that was later, but um, I did like one or two more. And so Christmas came around again and I started humming this tune called your man is a bum. And I was like, girl, we need to talk. Your man is a bum. And it was basically based off um, the drummer boy. And I was like, well, let me do it again. Let's see what happens. It might do something. It might go viral. So I got my friends together. We did it again. And mind you, it went viral. And so I refilmed the first one I did and that one went viral. And I was like, maybe I should put these on like iTunes or something. You know what I mean? And like, see what, what happens. And I did another parody that year, uh, Baby Daddy. So a lot of those parodies went viral. And so I had put the cartoon parodies on my Queen of the Ratchet Facebook and they were on my Instagram page. And what happened was because those Christmas videos were going viral, people started going back and looking at my um, cartoons and those started to go viral. And I was shocked because I was like, wait a second. I didn't think people like this. Like they didn't like this shit when it came out and they were like hitting. And I was like, well, maybe I should maybe I should like do this more. So me and my friend, um, Nzinga Imani, you might know her. This was right after Christmas. I was like, yo, I want to keep this momentum going. Let's, I was like, I had this idea. Like I've, I've been doing these Disney videos and everything and they're starting to catch on. Maybe we can do like this little mermaid parody. So I remember like we were filming opposing views at the time, which is another show I was doing. And I stayed up like Nzinga slept in my bed and I stayed up all night writing this parody. And I remember I finished the parody, we went to film, and then we came back and she sung the parody and I put it out there and it went viral. And I said, oh my God, this is, maybe I should do this. Like maybe this is a thing. Maybe it's actually finally starting to catch on. I still was like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna do it. I don't know if I'm gonna get sued. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna do it. So the first time I started doing it, I put Cruella back out there and Coella's voice, I, like I literally sat with each character. When I first started doing, I sat with um, Tremaine and Tremaine, Tremaine used to sound like this. She was up here and she was doing a lot of stuff like this. And as I started doing Tremaine's videos and I added Coella in, I was like, I need them to sound differently because I want, I want the audience to be able to distinguish the two voices. So I made Tremaine sound a little lower and I made Coella sound a little higher. And so I just started like doing the videos. And then I think my first, cause I was doing the video separately. Like none of the Disney characters in my storyline had met. It was just, I was like, oh, Tremaine is like going to be like this evil, like say what she wants to say, just throw it out there, no holds barred type of girl. 
Coella is going to be the same, unfiltered, but it's like she smokes a whole bunch of cigarettes. Medusa is going to be like this classy but ratchet girl. And Maleficent is going to be all about Black Lives Matter movement. Ursula is going to be this powerful black trans woman. And so as I started to develop, I was like, well, maybe we should like, maybe they should meet. Like, maybe they should meet. I think my first one was the one I did with um, Tremaine, Medusa, and Cruella. And they met up and I was like, oh my gosh, people are really watching this. Like, I just was doing it. And it wasn't like I was trying to copy anyone because I know there had been like the Legends panel and there had been Got To Be Real, but I was really just having fun. And my following was growing, like on Facebook specifically, like I got to 100K really fast. And then after I got to 100K, I got to, um, I got to, um, sorry, I'm trying to think. I got to 200K. So the videos were like popping and I was like, I got to continue this. Like, this is something I got to keep doing. And so my page got hacked on Facebook and I wasn't taking Instagram seriously. I was just kind of putting the videos out. I was really focusing on Facebook and I wasn't really focusing on YouTube because my YouTube audience was really low too. And I was like, well, let me put the videos on YouTube. Christmas comes around again. We start doing Mariah Carey and we make it a Mariah Carey year and it became more of a brand. I was like, man, I need to do t-shirts. I need to do this. I need to do that. And a lot of it was just created organically. Like, because you guys were watching the videos and I started getting hit up like, oh my God, I'm following this like a soap opera. And so certain videos I would put out, I would put out as a joke. Like the royal wedding started out as a joke. It was like, wait what happened at the royal wedding like it was like this thing of everybody anticipating the royal wedding and then they wanted to know what happened at the royal wedding and I was putting it out there and I was like man this is like a like this is what I was doing because I was writing before and I was doing shows before and naturally this became a show in itself I said well I guess I gotta continue this and at first, I didn't know what happened at the royal wedding. Like a lot of that that year where people were like, well, you just put out the royal wedding video. You don't know what happened at the royal wedding. I was like, you damn right. I don't know what happened at the royal wedding. I'm just kind of like going along, trying to figure it out. Like y'all, I'm improving as I go. And a lot of this, this show, the Disney storyline has been improv. It's me just sitting here talking and doing different voices and then something will come up and then I'll put the video up and then it's like oh you got to tell us what happened and I'm like oh shit well let's develop this and figure it out so then I put up the royal wedding video and I was like man I I feel like I'm done but I want to continue like I've only tackled Cinderella and I introduced these villains but I haven't really tackled the other stories and so for a while, I was like, nah, I'm not going to touch it anymore. It's good. It's a classic. Cinder that whole Cinderella thing is a classic. Nobody else can touch what I just did. And I believe that. I seriously believe nobody else still can touch what that, um, that dynamic of what I did, how it came out, was great. But I wasn't done. So I was like, I want to continue this. 
So that's where Bella Noches came in and I wanted to do more Aladdin stuff because I was like, oh my God, this is this is great. And so Power Bottom in the Rough and like the idea of Bella Noches being in the Aladdin storyline, it became a thing, which led to me develop it in even more. And I was like, oh, my writer brain finally kicked it. And I was like, oh, I see everything now. Bella Noches is going to lead to hell, which is going to lead more to Hercules' storyline. Then we're going to go back and do this. It just so happens this year, the election took place. And earlier this year, I talked to myself around January. I was like, the petty election needs to last until November. I was like, this whole thing and what's, what, is, what it encompasses needs to last. So as the characters started to develop and people started to relate to each character, I was like, this has a voice now and it's starting to develop an even stronger voice. How do I capitalize off of this and also talk to these people about things that I want to talk to them about? So that's the whole idea of what happened with like um, the comment below and I have a petty question came into play where you would sit and listen to these fairy tale people talk about different pop culture things or social norms or things that were going on in the world. Um, and people started to like that. So it was it was just growing as I did it because I was like, wow. I let me try this on them and see if they like it. And if they like it, I'm going to keep it. And as I started to do that, I was like, this should be a podcast. Like this shit, this is a great idea for a podcast. I want to open this world up because I don't really write, I, like I don't really, um, what am I trying to say? Hold on. I don't draw the cartoons. Um, I edit them and I take it from this, the, 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 um, the actual cartoon, but I'm not able to open the world up. So how can I open this world up so people can actually see it? Because what I feel like my audience, you guys are invested in, even though you're looking at the video and you're finding it funny, I've developed such a strong foundation where I was like, okay, they know these voices let me open this world up on the podcast. So this whole year, I've been trying out this podcast with you and I'm opening the world up even more into what it can become. So yeah, that's a little bit about what's going on. Um, I'm really enjoying this. I've been doing it for a, re a really long time. For a couple years, I really understand these characters. I really understand how they're going to react. And I I really just want to fucking thank all of you. I see you guys. I can't comment on everybody's post. Um, I'm trying to make every social media outlet differently. Um, this year specifically, like I focused a lot more on like this year and last year. I focused a lot more on like, okay, well, I'm doing a lot of cartoons. How do we open up these voice dubs even more and showcase myself even more to people that don't necessarily look at cartoons? And that's where the animal videos came in. That's where um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Beverly Hills, and all that came in. That's where um, 
the RuPaul's Drag Races came in is just allowing me to open it up even more and maybe I will find something. Um, what does this brand stand for and why did I decide to make this such a staple and such a brand as I developed it? I believe that in life, we are not allowed to fully be ourselves. In Queen of the Ratchet, to me, is more about just being real, honest, and speaking your mind. Whether it be the right or wrong way of saying things, it's imperfect, it's ugly, it's beautiful, it's ratchet. And sometimes I feel like ratchet has this um, bad, bad, bad connotation to it. Ratchet, the way I spell it, I guess a lot of people and a lot of people have told me is like it's a wrench. But in urban culture, it's, you know, people assume ratchet, they assume ghetto or um, lower class, which is not what I stand for. Um, They also assume stereotypes, which is another thing that I don't stand for. Um, I try to play sometimes against stereotypes. I try to play with stereotypes. I don't think stereotypes are necessarily a bad thing. I think stereotypes are just there because, you know, people can be closed-minded. But I try to do different things. I try to open different things up to you ever so often because I'm like, oh, they think that they're coming here just to see this thing, this storyline, this certain type of way. And for me, I said, well, how can I, as an artist, I, as a creator, and I, as the queen of this thing, open this up to the possibility of them seeing it different ways and seeing comedy different ways. Um, As far as the parodies are concerned, um, I've always been a writer. I've always been able to kind of write music, hear music and everything. And with me, having actual singers and Zynga Imani, Chelsea Regina specifically sing these songs like they're fucking on the radio or songs that you would listen to every day is something that I wanted. I wanted my parodies to be something that you would go back and listen to over and over again, like an actual song. So the parodies came about that way where I was like, okay, let me tackle this where I'm creating parodies that are timeless so a lot of my content, like it's 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 like I try to put out a lot of content daily, weekly, monthly, and a lot of it is about it being timeless. Like you going back and being like, oh yeah, remember that video? I want to go back and watch that. Or especially when Halloween and Christmas come around, you're like, oh shit, like I got to go listen to that shit again. It's the type of stuff that I want you to go back out and like go into the club and play or just like say, hey. Uh, Alexa, play Queen of the Ratchet, whatever it is. So even this year, I opened the possibility of, okay, now that we're doing parodies, now that we're doing a podcast, now that we're doing this type of music and it's on there, let's create original music, original songs, different types of things. Let me show them that I can rap. Let me show them that I can actually write different types of songs. Um, 
And let me talk about different things in my parodies. Let's talk about white privilege. Let's talk about Black Lives Matter. Let's talk about different points of views. Um, because I also feel with Queen of the Ratchet, it's also saying, hey, you may view the world this way. I may view the world that way. But, you know, there's no right. There's no wrong. There's no villain. And there's no hero. We're all just trying to get through this shit. Um, and you might get different things from it. You might only like the animal videos. You might only like a certain thing. I appreciate all you guys on what you like, on what platform that you follow. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted to get on here and um, talk a little bit more. I'm going to be doing a lot more of this because the podcast is something new and I'm trying to open this world up like, YouTube and Facebook and this is something else that I'm trying to open up and just keeping it going because my goal is to make this such a staple that when you hear Queen of the Ratchet you know what the fuck it is and you know what fucking time it is um thank you guys again um thank you uh, there will be more podcasts like this. I'll be bringing people on. I'll be I'll be interviewing people and all that. But today specifically, I just wanted to come on and give you a rundown of what the hell this shit is. Because like, <laughs> I'll tell people sometimes, I'm like, oh yeah, I have this show. It's called Queen of the Ratchet. They're like, huh? Queen of the what? Queen of the Ratchet. Or they'll see a shirt. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, look it up. Google it. If you have one of my shirts and they're like, what is that? Because a lot of people think it's Queen the band because of the way the logo is, which I love Queen. And I'm like, no, you Google that. You go type in Queen of the Ratchet and you Google it. You go YouTube and you go look at it. And a lot of people, when you tell, when you tell them that, they get addicted. Like, they, they will get addicted to the videos. They will get addicted to the content. They will get addicted to what this is. So, again, I appreciate you guys telling your friends, um, telling your family, supporting me, sharing my shit. And there is more to come. I am not stopping as long as I'm alive. Um, again, make sure that you are following everything that is Queen of the Ratchet. Till next time. Bye, girls, gays, boys, and everybody. We love you all here. Mwah!